Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and unfortunately, Carly and Morgan, my usual co-hosts, aren't able to join me for this episode, but since Supergirl had an iZombie guest star for Ace Reporter, I thought I'd invite my own guest, Chris King from iZombie Radio, to come and chat about this episode with me. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, Chris. I'm, I'm glad to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. Uh, as a huge Supergirl fan, I'm very much excited to to be able to talk to you uh, about this episode and to make my first appearance here on Supergirl Radio. I've been a I've been a listener, and I've I've loved what you guys have done. So thank you. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, Supergirl does not have any zombies as of yet i don't think Um, it's only season two it's only season two zombies might show up we might get some kind of alien who is a zombie so there's always a a potential for you to return to super super radio something something crazy could happen on earth 38 uh but so glad to to have you talking about supergirl and speaking of which just so that our listeners have some context about Mm -hmm. your background with supergirl what got you into the character? Did you come to the show first, or did you have knowledge about Supergirl before the show started? So I guess my real first exposure to Supergirl was I, I was a huge Smallville fan. Um, so primarily was on Smallville with uh, Lara Vandervoort. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I butchered names, so I'm going to let that. <laughs> that's how I pronounce it. I and, okay. So I think that's right. Perfect. Um, yeah, so you know, I knew of Supergirl – kind of a little bit beforehand, but the, her, her version of the character on Smallville was my real first experience with uh, with uh, with Kara as a character. And then, obviously, when Supergirl was announced, I was very excited for it with it coming from, you know, the Greg Berlanti team. And uh, I was fortunate enough, I was at San Diego Comic-Con uh, the year, it was yeah, 2015, when they uh, showed the pilot at, um, at Comic-Con. So I got to see the pilot there, and I just, I loved it. I thought it was one of the one of the strongest pilots I had, I had seen in a while. Um, I'm a big fan of Melissa because I was I was a Glee watcher, mm-hmm. so uh, but I was I've been a fan of her for for a long time, and I just really liked everyone else in the cast. And so it was one of my most ex- uh, anticipated shows of that fall. And yeah, I've watched it really ever since weekly, and then uh, just recently this year uh, for season two, I've myself. Um, and my one of my iZombie co-hosts, iZombie Radio co-host, Blaze Hopkins, um, and along with another writer over at TV Overmind, the website I write for, uh, the three of us have kind of shared reviewing duties for it this season. So I've gotten to write a little bit about the show this year, which has been a ton of fun. 
um, because I, I've always been a fan of it, but to really kind of dive into these characters and these storylines um, a little more has been great. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that's my experience with it. Really, I've uh, I've been a been a kind of constant watcher, and uh, I've really enjoyed seeing the show grow and develop um, over these past almost two years now. Because we're almost done season two, it's crazy. But, I, know, uh, I know it's gone by very quickly. It has too a little too quickly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready for summer, but I'm like, oh, all my shows are gonna go away. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of my familiarity with her. I'm, I'm I'm trying to get more into comics and everything, and definitely Supergirl's on that list. Uh, but mainly just from her uh, her TV iterations. Well, that's great. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the show and your perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. But before we do that, let's get to the news. According to TVLine.com, Lonnie Chevis, I believe is how you say his name, uh, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Young Randall on NBC's This Is Us, will guest star on Supergirl as Marcus, a young alien boy who bonds with James. Um, Chris, are you familiar with This Is Us? I am not actually a This Is Us watcher, so I'm not familiar with Lonnie's work. Uh, I am. I'm a, I'm a big This Is Us fan, and he is terrific on the show as, uh, as as the young version of Randall. So this is only good news for Supergirl fans, I would say. And I would also say it's pretty cool, too, because I think that it poses a different type of storyline for James that we haven't seen before. So uh, I'm I'm really excited about this, actually, because this, this is me. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, very, it's very cool. Uh, very cool news. And, uh, he's a, he's a really great young actor, I would say. That's good. That's good to know. Um, I am very excited about this in terms of the James character because we on Supergirl radio talk uh, at at great length that I would think is fair to say about how we want to see James get more story and get more things to do. And so hopefully this will be a great episode for James and, uh, get to see him interact uh, with this young alien boy named Marcus. I'm very excited about that. For sure. Well, in uh, some more casting news, actor Mark Gibbon has been cast as General Zod. Um, Mark, uh, it should be noted, Mark Gibbon was one of the oil rig workers in Man of Steel, the movie Man of Steel, and was on Smallville. So he already has some ties to the Superman mythos. So it's kind of neat that he is now coming on Supergirl as General Zod. So do you have any thoughts on that? Very excited about them bringing Zod in. Uh, uh, Mark Gibbon himself, it's cool that he has the the Superman uh, connections. I've never, I'm looking, you know, just even looking over his IMDb page. Um, he's he's kind of always been in these smaller roles and things I've watched, such as Once Upon a Time or The Hundred. Um, so I can't personally say what I think of his work, but for the character coming on, I, I couldn't be more pumped. Yeah, I... I'm sort of mixed on it because I like General Zod as a character, but I also hope that he doesn't end up being like, you know, coming on to be taken into season three as like a big bad because we've already seen evil Kryptonians on the show and like evil Kryptonian takeovers and things like that. So I'm hoping that he doesn't end up being uh, something bigger down the line because I just feel like we've seen that before. But if uh, if he comes on and you know does a couple of episodes or a couple of scenes or whatever, I think that that would be fine. I'm I'm just kind of concerned. I don't want them to repeat them, start repeating themselves. Yeah, you don't want non 2.0. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I I totally understand that. That's definitely 
a valid concern and, and one I, I have as well. I think I just think especially after this seeing what they did this season, I'm I'm thinking and hoping they wouldn't play out the same storyline. Um but I that is definitely a, a real valid concern and uh I don't know, I'm hoping or maybe even potentially if they do what they've done this season from what we've seen where they've had, you know, with Cadmus, they've had the kind of human threat and then they've had the alien threat with Monel's parents now. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe if they combine General Zod with something, it could work. But I, I agree. I would not want it to be all Kryptonian again. I think, like you said, we've been there, done that. Well, and since we've had the introduction of Superman into season two, maybe he is somehow connected to, you know, this version of General Zod, maybe he's somehow connected to Superman instead of Supergirl. So that could also be a possibility. Mm -hmm. Well, and for our last bit of news, the CW has announced the season finale date for Supergirl Season 2. The last episode of the season will air on May 22nd. So uh, mark your calendars. That's when the show (laughs) is finished for the season. And my personal hopes, dreams, uh, wish would be to maybe do something kind of big uh, for the Supergirl radio uh, review discussion for the finale. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm hoping to maybe see if we can maybe do like a live stream like we've done before with the DCTV podcast stuff on Mixler. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. That's kind of cooking in my brain. Uh, but we'll, we'll try to do something uh, special for the last episode of the season. You could count me in for as a listener if you guys are, are doing a live stream. That'd be very cool. Well, and <laughs> I'll need to see you in the chat because the, the, chat's, the chat's where the fun is. Uh, so <laughs> Sounds good. We always like having listeners in those, those live chats. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the discussion of the Season 2 episode titled Ace Reporter. So here's the official description. Uh, quote, Lena's ex-boyfriend, Jack Sphere, guest star, and correct me if I'm saying his name incorrectly, Raul Coley? Uh, I've always, when I was introduced to him at Comic-Con, uh, they said Rahul. Rahul. But I've heard, okay. I've heard it both ways. Okay. So I don't know if there's really a wrong way to say it, but we, uh, typically on iZombie Radio, we say, we say Rahul. Rahul? Um, Rahul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Coley is correct. Coley is definitely. Okay, all right. So Jack Spear, uh, played by Rahul. Am I saying that correctly? Yep, Ra- you are. Ra- <laughs> Ra- <laughs> just double-check myself. Coley no, no comes, comes to National City to unveil his big breakthrough in nanotechnology, which has the potential to eradicate all diseases. Lena asks Kara to attend Jack's conference with her for support. When Kara sees Snapper in attendance, she's inspired to tap back into her reporter skills and questions Jack on his discovery, which ultimately leads to a bigger investigation that puts everyone in danger, unquote. So, uh, Chris, since we've gotten uh, an iZombie guest star in this episode, what did you think about the introduction of Jack Spear and the character he was playing? Um, So I really liked what they did with Jack. Um, and what I really liked was, uh, so I wasn't sure throughout the episode, you know, if they really were going to have him as, um, as a real type of villain, if they were going to, uh, if he was going to be this good guy that, uh, Lena made, uh, him out to be. And that kind of, uh, questioning that I had throughout the episode, I thought made him really interesting, um, to watch because I never really was sure what he was going to do next. Um, and for how he was just introduced himself, um, 
I thought it was really well done. I, I liked the fact that he had that connection with Lena Luther because uh, to me personally, and I know we'll get to her in a minute, she's been one of the strongest parts of season two and seeing their kind of relationship was, uh, was definitely cool. But, um, as far as the character himself, he's someone I, I, I wish we had gotten to spend a little bit more time with. Uh, I know, obviously, Rahul has uh, his iZombie commitment. But um, I just thought, again, with the kind of uncertainty of, of what his allegiance was, you know, whether he was good, whether he was bad, and we find out, you know, he, that he's being controlled, um, that I, uh, I really found that kind of kind of compelling to watch, pretty compelling to watch. Um, and I thought that Rahul did a really great job in the role. Um, as someone who watches him every week on iZombie, I didn't see the character he plays Ravi. I didn't see that at all in his performance. So yeah, overall I, I really enjoyed Jack as a character. And again, I really enjoyed what Supergirl did, um, with, with this storyline with him. Yeah. I was actually wondering about that. If he, if he was any different from his character on iZombie. So that's good to know. I, I thought he uh, was great. This was my first uh, time to get to see him act. I've never seen him in anything else. And so I was very blown away by his performance. I, I, it was funny. I was um, surprised by how invested I became in the Jacqueline relationship and their history throughout mm-hmm. the episode because this is a, a one episode thing that I, to my knowledge, is the one episode thing. And so for them to be able to communicate their history and their dynamic in one episode and make me make me feel sad that it didn't end up well for them in the end, I thought that was pretty remarkable. And I think that that says so much about the two actors that they were able to pull that off. I, I 100% agree. And I, I totally could not... I, I can't agree more with you about, again, how invested I was in that relationship and how it just showed us, as, as much as I liked, obviously, what it showed us of Jack, too, just how different of a side it showed us of, of, of Lena uh, as well. Um, and just, you know, it, again, usually with, you know, things like exposition and things, it's, it's hard to really, uh, to, to, you know, to get that feeling of what this relationship was like, you know, because it's all happened really off screen. But uh, Rahul and Katie uh, McGrath's chemistry, I thought, was out of this world. I just thought they, on screen, like you said, you you kind of believed uh, that they they were these kind of uh, this former couple. And I uh, by the end of it, yeah, I was really really bummed about Jack dying. <laughs> not only not only because I would like to see you know Rahul show up on all the DC shows, but uh, like you said, I feel like we. Because when we got to see his, because now you go back and you think about the episode and you saw who he was in all these moments, he's just a really good guy trying to make the world a better place. And I just thought he fit so seamlessly into this world that um, it's a shame we won't see more of him. But the kind of the emotional fallout of his death, I feel like, is going to uh, you know play a big role in what we see from from Lena. Uh, in these next couple episodes. Yes, I think I think we'll we'll definitely have to talk about the little uh, appearance at the end from someone who shows <laughs> up in her office because I think that's yes. directly correlated to um, how Lena handles his death. But but yeah, I think um, for me, uh, <laughs> I kind of I felt Lena in this episode because I, I felt uh, I felt I, I I don't know maybe in my mind I sort of understood how she kind of wanted to 
give it another <laughs> try with yeah. Jack because he was charming me, I think, just as much as <laughs> as he was charming her on the show. Um, because there was one scene where he he's so sincere and he says he says to her, he says, I'm not here to make it harder. I just miss you. And the way that he played that, the way he said that, I was like, look, Lena, if you don't give him another shot, somebody else is gonna. <laughs> so so no, I, I, I thought I that, agree. that moment, that moment really cinched uh, uh, it for me, for, for their characters and their history and why Jack was such a good guy. He was willing to put himself out there and, and be honest with her. And I thought that was great. For sure. And, and real quick, kind of uh, going back to what I said about um, Rahul with this performance, how it was so different than the character of Ravi on iZombie. Ravi is like, he's this kind of like witty, nerdy type of guy on iZombie. Like he doesn't, he kind of puts his foot in his mouth a lot of the time. And he's not, Ed, if, if you're watching the show this season, you see he's not exactly the best when it comes to romance. <laughs> but, but Jack was, like you said, he was smooth but sincere and just incredibly charming. And, and I think that is, it was, it kind of, it, it disarmed me in a way. It took, took me a little aback that I was like, Oh wow. Like this is a whole different side to him as an actor, but I totally believed him as this character. And I, I agree with you. That sincerity um, really is what showed through and made him so, so likable. You were rooting for them as a couple despite the fact that we only just met them in this episode. Yeah, um, it's pretty remarkable. It and, was. And I I not only think that he was smooth in his connection with Lena, but even in that sort of, I don't know, that almost like Apple presentation that he gave. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what else what else would compare to that kind of presentation that he was he was giving to show off Biomax. But he was very confident, and he was, you know, he was smooth talking. He was trying to, you know, win over the audience. So he he was very much in command. And I sort of wonder how much of that was really him, and how much of that was the controlled version of him. Mm. But. But he was very um, confident. And, but then at the same time, there's a moment during that presentation where he sees Lena and it sort of makes him stop for a second. So, mm -hmm. so I think that even when she says that Jack is his, her kryptonite, I think maybe she was his kryptonite as well. Oh, definitely. And can we just mention, too, how, how funny that is when she, when she asks ask Kara the same question? Yeah. <laughs> That was great. That was one of my favorite, like favorite little small moments from the episode. But uh, I, I agree. I think, you know, just as we've seen, I think this season with with kind of in a lot of ways, Monel possibly being, you know, kind of Kara's kryptonite and and him, obvi her obviously being that way for him, for sure. Uh, and and with Alex and Maggie and all these different types of relationships, I think that. uh what Supergirl has has at least proven to me this season, they haven't knocked it out of the park 100% with all the romance and things they've done, but man, when they do it well, they do it they do it really really well. And we've and when we get these more vulnerable moments um and and I think that they're written um to to uh, when they're written as well as they can be, these actors knock it out of the park. And uh I, I think we saw that from both uh from both Katie and Rahul throughout this episode. Yeah, they definitely made me buy into their relationship for sure. And uh, since we sort of mentioned that Lena has a moment there at the end when she's with Kara, Kara's trying to comfort her, and Lena is talking about how she feels about what has happened to Jack. 
Um, what what do you think is going to be coming up for Lena and and how she deals with uh, what has transpired? Do you do you think that? Um, I guess, I, I guess that could also tie into a question about, you know, what do you think is going to happen with Rhea showing up in her office? What, 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 what do you think that fallout is going to be? I'm really unsure. And I know that's like the kind of cop out answer, but <laughs> because we've already seen Lena, we've already kind of had a fake out of her going dark this season, you know, earlier in the season with, uh, with her and her mother and uh, with Lillian and, so I, I wonder if, if Supergirl would try that again, where now Rhea shows up and sort of tempts her, and do we see her kind of doing this this con again where she goes along with it? Or is this really going to be the beginning of Lena's descent into darkness, potentially? Um, I really don't know. Part of me thinks, especially because Katie McGrath is going to be a a series regular in season three um i don't think we're going to fully get this darker side of her yet i think we're gonna get i think there's definitely going to be a moment in these final episodes and for all i know it could be the finale where we see her do something that's potentially unforgivable and whether everyone else knows about it or not i don't know maybe it's a type of secret moment in a way or something um, whether it's maybe it's killing her mother or something like that down the line, I think that could potentially happen. Um, but I don't think we're going to see her go full villain or anything in these in this last stretch. But what's going to happen with her and Rhea, Rhea exactly? Uh, I, I really don't know. It was I it, it honestly I kind of like was kicking myself that I didn't expect it, but I really didn't expect that to happen. And now that it has i'm i'm really curious kind of what what the what the relationship is going to be like and is is lena going to go straight to supergirl is she going to be you know i i really am curious yeah i i i'm like you i i didn't expect it at all and i'm so glad i was watching the episode by myself because i i would have been completely embarrassing because i when raya showed up i was like Ooh, like I got really excited about it um, because I do. I mean, Supergirl radio listeners will know that I enjoy the lady villains on this show and especially when they get to interact together. And I've enjoyed Queen mm-hmm. Rhea so much. And I think uh, Lena has so much potential. And I love Katie when she gets to play a villain. So I, I'm very intrigued by what they mm-hmm. are going to be up to because Queen uh, Rhea, I guess she's going to go as, go by as Rhea. She's not going to identify herself as a queen, I guess, with Lena. But, uh, <laughs> but she has a proposition for her. And so I'm very curious as to why she goes to Lena for uh, this proposition. So uh, I'm very uh, interested to see what happens with them. But I, I do wonder how how far they will take Lena because they you made a good point they already kind of did that little fake out earlier in the season but um I I liked what they did visually with that scene when she and Kara are talking because right at the beginning of the scene Lena is sitting down by herself and it starts the camera starts on a reflection of Lena's face in the the table in front of her and it sort of moves up and mm-hmm. and reveals her and I have noticed that in a lot of movies and TV shows, when they show reflections, 
of people in mirrors or windows or something like that. It's usually trying to indicate that there's like, <laughs> quote, self-reflection going on. And so I, 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 um, I really liked that moment because it, it did sort of seem like that they were trying to convey the fact that Lena is thinking a lot about what is going down. And she even tells Kara, she's like, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know where you know, where things are going to go with me. And I'm afraid of what I do uh, once I start feeling things again. And I, and as a fan of villains, I really loved the bit where she talks about how she, she feels cold and calm. But when she thinks about that um, CFO, be, uh, you know, dying in prison, she feels warm for a minute. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> that is cold. Yeah. So I, um, I, I liked the tease of what she would be like if she was, a, if she turned to the dark side, because she sort of, she sort of gave off a Lillian vibe a little bit to me. So I, I was very excited by that. So I don't know how, where they're going to go with this either, but, uh, I'm very interested to see where, what happens with her. Definitely. And that's, that was some really good breaking down of that scene because I'm thinking about it now. And you're so right because I even that shot I thought was interesting with kind of how her desk is like that. You know, it's the glass, it's like a mirror, and that that is a that's a really that's a really uh, kind of key observation there. I'm I'm not sure, and I love that line too. It was such a Luther line about that warmth that she feels with with the CFO kind of being in pain or or being in jail that uh I, that was that little bit of Luther coming out in her there yeah, and definitely. Uh, and it's going to be it's going to be really uh really interesting to see how much of how much of that Luther side of her overtakes her in these final few episodes yeah and i'm curious to see how kara would react to that because kara i thought she was being a good friend in this episode to lena i was really proud of her because she went over to comfort Lena and she also said, you know what? I'm always going to be your friend no matter what. I'm here for you. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad to see Supergirl being a good friend. I think that's that's <laughs> nice. Definitely. And their relationship for me, I mean, there's been so many great things about this season, but that, it might be my favorite part of the season. Um, they're just their, their friendship and just the... It, again, I mentioned earlier that I watched Smallville, and it, it, it is giving me those Clark Lex vibes in a lot of ways. Uh, and it's it's in all the good ways, and I think. And it's just... One, I think it's great to see this type of female friendship on television, too, because... Uh, and I think it's great to see Kara have a female friend who's not her sister, uh, personally. Uh, just as much as I love the relationship with her and Alex... Um, I think it's just like a nice type of change, especially too now with with Cat with uh, with with Cat Grant not being around. I think it's that that kind of female relationship that that Kara needs, and and that I think viewers really respond to. But I but I also I would agree with you. I I just love now that you know Kara had that kind of doubt for a little for uh, a couple for a little bit of the episodes. I think in like the middle of the season about you know is is Lena good? Is she bad? But now she's she's fully committed to her as a friend and her and those scenes, you know, really kind of warmed my heart seeing them. Even something as simple as her. And I, I mean, it kind of didn't play out as well as maybe Kara had thought it would. But her going to the dinner even to try <laughs> to help and the little awkward double date thing with Monel, her and, and Jack and Lena was was really kind of it was funny and it was sweet. And 
And it was just, again, I, I'm such a big fan of what they've done with Lena Luther this season. She, it's been one of the highlights of the season for me. And so any episode that gives her focus and especially gives her friendship with Kara focus, uh, it's, a, it's a win in my book. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's funny that you mentioned the dinner because Monel tells Kara, you know, Lena called here because she wanted you to talk her out of going. So I, I thought that was so true to life. Like sometimes I, <laughs> I, I'm even telling my friends, don't let me do that again. Or, yep. <laughs> you know, something like that. Like you need your friends sometimes to kind of 100%. back you up and, and help you do, uh, help you do things. Um, like I joke around with a friend of mine who got an order of hash browns that were just so terrible one time when we went out for breakfast. And she was like, never let me order this again, ever. <laughs> and uh, one time I failed because I didn't know she had ordered them. But sometimes she, you know, and you know, just like a small little thing like that, where like you need your friends to kind of help you out. <laughs> and I, so oh, I, I, thought, I thought that was fun. Oh yeah. I'm uh, myself and another friend of mine are on diets at the moment. And we're, but we bring out the worst in each other when it comes to eating out late and things like that. <laughs> so we, we, anytime we're in the car, like he'll bring up like, you know, we're, we live, I live in the, the Philadelphia area. So he's like, so Chris, you want to, you want to get a cheesesteak or you want to do this? And I'm like, Jack, no, no, no. We can't. Like it's, <laughs> it's always this, this back and forth. And then, and then sometimes I'll be the, the tempter and he'll, he'll kind of bring me back. Uh, but no, it's whether, you know, no matter what it is, you're so right. We need, we're we always when we ask our friends you know sometimes we want them to encourage us to do something but just as many times sometimes we want them to be the 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 angel on our shoulder saying ah you shouldn't do that don't listen to the devil on that other one you know yeah totally and that's (laughs) that's what lena needed in that moment and uh, that's why Kara and Monel showed up <laughs> at the restaurant. So I thought that was great. Well, and and since we're talking about Kara a little bit, she kind of got back into her reporter thing in this episode. So what did you think about her regaining her her status as a reporter and, and her investigations that she was she was doing? Ah, uh, so happy, so <laughs> so happy. Um, if there's been one complaint I've had uh, about this season, even when she was supposed to be kind of this reporter for Cat, you know, it's that we never saw enough of it. Um, and I really enjoy when Supergirl splits its time between Catco and the DEO and, and, and gets, and then we get to see Kara, you know, not always as Supergirl because it's as, as important as she is as, uh, to, as Supergirl. And that's obviously incredibly important. Her being Kara Danvers is just as important. And, um, and so kind of seeing her, you know, use those investigative skills throughout this episode and, reconnect with snapper and and kind of not only get his approval but kind of learn her lesson in a way too like she admits to him in that scene that you know even though her attentions were good for publishing that article she knows what she did wasn't exactly the the right thing from a from a professional standpoint and to see Kara mature in this way as a journalist and to see her earn her job back like that um, and get that byline with him too. I thought was great and just, uh, just really satisfying. Because as much as I love the super heroics on the show, and believe me, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's great to see her thrive in both aspects of her life. For sure, and I, I like you. I, I think this was very rewarding for me as somebody who wanted to see her do more reporting and see them uh, develop more of that side of her character. This, this was 
all that I was kind of hoping for. She went out and did investigating. She interviewed witnesses and, um, you know, went out into the field. She uh, was asking about Freedom of Information Acts and dealing with yeah. Snapper and asking questions at a at a press conference. So that was that was very good to see. And um, I sort of laughed though when she stood up at the spherical event and she said, "I'm I'm with CaraDanvers.com." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Melissa's line reading of that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, nobody, no. Does do people go to Car? Maybe CaraDanvers.com is like a bustling website now. Maybe it has a huge huge amounts of traffic and people go there to get their news. I don't know. Uh, and it has more than just that one article sitting there. <laughs> I, I guess she, she's been blobbing in between her That's experiments <laughs> with uh, baking. I don't know. Yeah. She's been doing vlog videos with the baking. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a good, that seems like a good use of her time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was neat because, you know, I had previously mentioned how I was hoping that either Danvers.com or now Danvers.com is what they said in this episode would become something of a, like a supplemental website that the show could send fans to, to see articles or whatever. And so if you go to caradanvers.com, it's actually a website that's owned by Warner brothers. No way. So I, so I'm hoping that caradanvers.com turns into some kind of site where we can see some of Cara's blob, you know, blobbing or, uh, something of that nature that I, I would really be into that as, as just something extra from the show i i hope i hope that turns into something yeah that's oh that that would be awesome just like you know for yeah just little like kind of special types of things that fans of the show could seek out i would i would love that yeah i just typed it in and like you said wb owns it oh that is so cool i really hope they have plans for that yeah so oh i mean this is this is a start this is a good start so we'll see we'll see <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna keep my eye on uh cardamers.com and see if anything happens um, so, sure. so um, since we we kind of saw Cara doing some stuff, we also sta- saw Snapper doing some reporting. So, what did you think about their, you know, the dynamic between Cara and Snapper in this one? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, there's been times this season where I think Snapper's been a little over the top. Uh, you know, sometimes to to a little bit of caricature degree. That's nothing against uh, his portrayer, uh, Ian Gomez, am I correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, It's nothing against him. I think just sometimes the writing for him has been, like, a little over the top. Even in this episode, some of it it with, like, his, his, like, thing rallying against millennials and everything. I was like, (laughs) all right, all right, man. Like, uh, and maybe that's the the 25-year-old in me. But anyway, uh, but no, I... um, but really, though, I I really just love their man, his kind of mentorship of her. It it doesn't completely fill the void left by Cat Grant, and I'm uh, I know it's been reported recently. I'm so happy that uh, Callista is coming back for the end of this season for an episode or two. But I I think it's um it's a really kind of important dynamic to the show, and I think that seeing the two of them work together in a way. Uh, and that he finally, you know, because he's been throughout this whole season, he's been very much against giving her the credit. And to see him give her that byline to show the respect that he has for her. And I think it comes out not just through the fact that she apologizes, but through the fact that he sees how hard of a worker she is. He acknowledges that this article would not have been nearly as good without her research, without her investigating I, I just really loved that he finally saw in Kara what we all have known 
is that she's a darn good reporter, that she works hard, and that she wants she wants to report the truth. She wants to get the story out there. And so to see Snapper finally acknowledge that was was uh, was really satisfying as a viewer. And uh, his uh, his comment about her not wanting uh, not baking anymore, not opening a food truck, was really <laughs> funny too. <laughs> Yeah, I liked the little bit of Snapper being kind of a foodie because Ian Gomez is sort of like that in in real life. He actually oh, really? he he had he hosts a show called The Great Holiday Baking Show. So oh. I, I think maybe they put some of Ian Gomez in Snapper Car. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, I I like the way that Snapper dealt with this situation. He he was sort of hard hard on her at first at the at the spherical event when they're in the office with James. But at the end of it all, he realizes that Kara did um, have a lot to offer and that she had contributions to the story that they ended up publishing. And so I actually thought it showed a lot of integrity on Snapper's part because he could have just taken all the credit for himself. But he recognized that she gave something to the story and that they wouldn't have gotten a story without her. So I, I props to Snapper Kara. Even though he has not snapped, he still has not snapped all the season didn't snap in this episode. <laughs> he is, he's full of, he's a character with integrity. So I really appreciated that about him in this episode. That's a great point. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see underneath that, like kind of, you know, that kind of hard exterior that he's, he's, he's starting to soften up a little bit, or at least at the very least, like you said, he, he's letting his integrity kind of show a little more. He's letting, uh, He's letting the, the, the kind of good reporter in him come out instead of maybe like the, the jaded reporter that we've seen a lot this season. Yeah, I think he's just a he's a big teddy bear. I think <laughs> he's a big teddy bear who likes Danishes. I, th- I think that's that's all he is. Definitely. Um, and so the, the other kind of storyline that we had in this episode was with uh, Guardian was with James and Wen and Lyra. What did you think about when wanting to get Lyra in on the Guardian action to fight crime and, and go after criminals. What did you think about that? Um, so I liked it and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really like uh, that Wynn has this new romance that he, you know, because one of the things to me, I, I think Wynn is, Wynn is such a, is such a, a good solid guy. And I think one of the, one of the standouts of season two of Supergirl has been Jeremy Jordan with how they've written win this season. I think he's just been, you know, just, he's been the comic relief. Sure. But he's also been, um, a, a lot of the heart, uh, and, and important moments this season too. And I don't, I think Wynn deserves some, some happiness when, when it comes to a relationship. And so I'm glad things have worked out with him and Lyra, all, you know, criminal jobs and paint stealing aside, <laughs> uh, painting stealing aside. But, and I also understand that with helping James become guardian and with helping Kara become Supergirl, that he would maybe want to give someone else a, a chance at, you know, fulfilling their dreams of, of, of being a hero. Um, and I, I think what I liked about the storyline was that it reinforced the importance of the James Wynn friendship, and it really kind of solidified that with with uh, with James calling Wynn his brother and and saying he hasn't really felt this way, you know, with a friend since Clark. I thought that was really nice, and it really cemented their friendship, which has been such a great part of the season. 
Um, and again, I, I like Lyra with Wynn. I guess, I don't know, the, the conflict for me just felt like a little a little contrived, a little manufactured. Um, so I guess I, I like the idea of it. The execution, I felt, was just like a little lacking, even with like, you know, that she had to go over the top with stopping this robber. And it, it just it didn't really feel, I guess, like natural to me in a way. Um, but where it ended up, the result of it all, I really I really enjoyed. So it was it was a so-so storyline for me, but I, I, I really liked what they were going for. I might be sort of in the same boat. Like I could have come or gone with Lyra be, you know, becoming a, a vigilante. But I think the strength of that part of the episode was the James and Wynn uh, bonding. And I, I like you, I liked that James called Wynn his brother. I thought that that was really nice. And I thought this, you know, I've had troubles i guess it's fair to say with james this season in terms of him becoming guardian uh, you're not alone yeah <laughs> but but what i but what i liked about james i sort of got a little won over by james the character of james maybe not as james as guardian so much but james as a character in this episode because he and Wynn had this fight and he James valued Wynn's friendship so much that he wanted to make things right, not only between him and him and Wynn, but he went to go find Lyra and make it right with Lyra to then have Lyra make things right with Wynn. And Mm -hmm. I hope I said that in a way that made sense. There was a lot of different connection points there, but, uh, but I, (laughs) but I, I appreciated that James went outside of himself and he thought about other people before himself. And so that that little bit of the, the episode really won me over uh, with James as a character um, because I have been struggling with him this season. But that's kind of what I was hoping to see from him is seeing um, what makes him a, a hero just, you know, deep down inside, not just his guardian suit and his shield, but like what makes him a good guy. So I was glad to see that. A hundred percent agree with you. You you honestly, you perfectly put that how how i wanted to say whatever everything i wanted to say you said perfectly uh (laughs) which is i agree with this guardian storyline i understand where the writers have been coming from with it but i I also see an importance at least for me personally on superhero shows i I don't like when everyone gets a suit i don't like when everyone becomes a hero necessarily because like you said i think people can be heroes in their own normal person ways um and James this season, while I understand his motivation for being Guardian, I think it's led to some selfish actions from him that were kind of uncharacteristic of the guy we saw in season one. Uh, and so to be reminded of that, of, to be reminded of how good of a guy he is, how selfless he can be in this episode with not just, you know, not just fixing things between himself and Lyra, but like you said, making sure that Wynn and Lyra are okay. Um, I, I 100% agree. I just it reminded me of why I do still enjoy the character of James and why he's such an important part of this show. Um, and it was just it was just a really really nice. It's just a really nice James Wynn story, and I feel like it's been a, a little while since we've gotten one of those. Um, so I, I I did I did like it. It was definitely probably my least favorite part of the episode, but I I like that they the the show still found things for them to do despite how kind of busy everything else was. Agreed. And before we move on to some overall thoughts, I should mention that I got really excited. Well, not not I didn't get excited that Wynn and Lyra had a fight, but during their fight in the unnamed alien dive bar, our friend Brian 
was sitting there as <laughs> one of the the patrons of the bar, um, and I got really super excited to see Brian the Alien in the Unnamed Alien Bar. So it's it's good to get more information about Brian. You know, they don't have to say anything. They don't have to give any exposition or dialogue. I just I just can take from that that. He goes to the unnamed alien bar to unwind. That's where he goes to spend some of his free time. We can expect to see him there again. So I was glad to see that. He, I guess he he was there after work because he had his little tie on. He's he's a businessman, Brian the <laughs> alien. He he's he's a businessman who pursues business things. We don't know exactly what, uh, but he does wear a tie, so that must make him an important uh, guy. So I was glad to see Brian there. Uh, yes, definitely. It's he's he's he was business Brian that and day. Business Brian. That's that's how from now on he's going to be business Brian. Um, that's great. Uh, so um, in terms of just the overall thoughts about Ace Reporter, um, what did you think about the episode? Did you like it? Did you not like it? And also, if there's anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about, this is your chance to uh, air any grievances or to shower the show with love. This is uh, your chance to just talk about overall stuff about the episode. Um, overall, I thought it was a very, very strong return episode. Um, I really liked that. I, I think what makes this episode probably one of my favorites of the season, honestly, is because it gave me it, it gave me as a viewer things I've really enjoyed about this season, but haven't seen in a while. So I haven't seen a Elena Luther stand, uh, like kind of focused episode in a little bit i haven't seen Kara be a reporter in a little bit obviously because she's been fired and uh and so getting both of those things was uh, was enough for me uh the added bonus of having rahul as a guest star was great i thought he just really fit seamlessly into the show and i liked uh, personally too uh, i i don't want to be stirring up any problems because i know the topic of mon l has been divisive throughout <laughs> the uh, the supergirl it's okay uh, it's community. a safe space uh, I mean, because I, I personally like him as a character. I like him and Kara together, and I really like Chris Wood. I think Chris Wood's excellent. I'm a Vampire Diaries fan, too. Okay. And so I've been a fan of him for a while. Um, but I was it was very refreshing to not have an episode of Kara Monel drama and to, when he showed up, uh, have him uh, use his kind of charm for the comedy and things that I think he does so well. Like his, his little moment with... Uh, uh, with uh, uh, with uh, with Jack when he was like, I forget exactly how he says about like the man. It's like I feel like we're gonna be man bonding or yeah, something yeah. like this. <laughs> I I laughed so hard at that, and I just thought um, there were so many little moments like that throughout this episode too. I thought the humor in this episode was was terrific, and uh, and just overall, I think it pushes the story for the season with Rhea showing up and with Carr now being back at Catco. I think it really pushes the season into some interesting directions because we're in the we're in the the home stretch here, and uh, yeah, I mean overall, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And any grievances, I, any grievances I've uh, I had with it, I think I aired out with the, with the <laughs> Lyra Wynn Guardian storyline. So uh, yeah, just overall, really really terrific episode. Gotcha. Yeah, um, Monel, I thought was used very well in this episode. Um, I liked his little scoobing that he did with Kara and the way he was actually able to. Uh, contribute to Kara getting some of her story. He he did his little man crush thing with Jack so that he could get the <laughs> uh, the security badge that helped mm-hmm. Kara get uh, the video that she ended up showing 
uh, Lena as evidence. And so, yeah, I really liked the way Monel was used in this one. And I, um, I thought this was a good episode to, and they they use this to great effect to focus on Kara as a reporter, but they um, sort of limited the Supergirl aspect of it. And so it was kind of nice and, like you said, refreshing to see that maybe Supergirl doesn't always have to be Supergirl all the time. And I, at the beginning of the episode, I was laughing because it was so dull that they had Martian Manhunter uh, spending his time <laughs> checking budgets. Yep, yep. That's, that was... that's how boring National <laughs> City was, that Martian Manhunter, this super powerful superhero, was <laughs> checking budgets. So um, I liked that we got to see her, you know, do average everyday human kind of things, like trying to bake something and failing at it. I can totally relate to that. Um, so I, I liked getting to see more of Kara. Um, the the Wen and James and Lyra stuff uh, was pretty good for the most part, and the the Lena and Jack stuff was was kind of the the heart of the episode. I thought so. Um, I really really liked it, and there was a little um, Easter egg that uh, I thought was great because I enjoy following Derek Simon on uh, Twitter. Uh, one of the show writers, Derek Simon, he kind of had a little bit of a shout out in the episode. So like the human who was tested with Biomax, um, who Snapper goes to interview his that the character's name is. Derek Simmons and so oh. that was sort of a, a shout out to Derek Simon so I thought that was pretty cool um, just as a, a fan of the show and as a uh, a fan of uh, the writers to see that they get to kind of put each other in the episode so I thought it was pretty fun uh, that was great yeah that's all I love when shows do that little little meta moments like that are great yeah that was pretty cool um, and he also said on Twitter if you had the ability to create gifts of his characters, send them to him. Um, let me see. Actually, let me dig up his Twitter account so I can tell people where to send those gifts. Just in case people have not sent him gifts, they should. <laughs> um, you can send the gifts to at Derek. That's D-E-R-E-K-S-I-M-O-N-I-D-4. So if you've got Derek Simmons gifts from the Supergirl episode, Ace Reporter, tweet them at Derek Simon. Uh, I think he would enjoy that immensely if he has not already gotten them. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion of Ace, Ace Reporter. So let's find out what our listeners had to say about it. And Chris, if you don't mind, if you would help me read some tweets. Uh, of course. Most helpful. So our first tweet is going to come from um, at the devil Jackie. And her thoughts on the episode were Kara being a reporter, very minimal Monel. Uh, Lena and, Ka- and Kara being girlfriends, guardian scenes. Did Barry put us in another timeline? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves doing that. Um, <laughs> especially if you saw The Flash again this week. He's he's running all over the place. Anyway, back to the tweets. <laughs> um, at uh, uh, Coffin Roman uh, says... Happy that we've survived the hiatus, a.k.a. hell. Could not agree more. It <laughs> felt like a long time. Um, I love Lana Luther. Also couldn't agree more. Um, and Kara being a reporter. Missed Maggie, but ne- next week looks amazing. Then we have, and I apologize, by the way, guys, if I butcher anybody's Twitter handle or name. I am doing my best. <laughs> At uh, Kaya Matsui. That's. Uh, I think that's how we pronounce it, so I think you're good to go. All right. Um the car explosion reminded me of that court scene in BVS. That's a really that's an interesting comparison. That's I didn't even think about that. Um, especially Kara's reaction. 
next episode looks amazing. Can't wait. Yeah, I think the um, the similarity is there uh, with the court scene in Batman v Superman in which Superman can't save uh, Wallace. He can't save the other people who are in the Capitol because he, if you watch the extended cut, this is a little clearer for Batman v Superman, but he, he can't see inside the wheelchair because it's lined with lead, so he can't... There's literally nothing he can do. Um, with Kara, I don't know, it's sort of debatable. Like, could she hear the swarm? Uh, was there anything... Uh, do you think there was anything she could do to stop the car from exploding or at least to save the guy in the car? I, I, I don't know. If if I had maybe, again... I know we just finished with our thoughts on the episode. I That scene, again, in theory, I think was fine, but the, the shooting of it, the, the way it was directed left me a little confused because I was like, oh, wait, how did she not have, like, kind of like you said, how did she not hear something? How did she not have that kind of split second? Because even, like, we forget, too, she does have super speed. Right. Even, too, to, 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 to save to save uh, the guy in the car. Uh, overall, I'm okay with it, especially for the fact that it, it kind of was her driving force throughout the episode, was that she couldn't save that person as Supergirl, so she was going to find justice for them as Cara Danvers, as this reporter. So I liked what it did for the episode, but the mechanics of how she couldn't save him, uh, I wasn't really sure of. That that did leave me scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, I my big thought in the, uh, the execution of that is that, and this may be too dark for an 8 o'clock hour for, you know, younger people or whatever, but I kind of had wanted Supergirl to at least carry his body out of the car um, yeah. or, or at least something like that. And and I'm that's probably like a budget thing or a sensitivity thing or whatever. Like, I don't guess people want to see Supergirl carrying a dead body. I don't know. But I just kind of was like, you're just going to let his body incinerate in the car? So <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about that way too much. Um, no, I agree. So that's, that's, that was my issue too. I was like, She's just standing there. Yeah, yeah. But but I would agree with you that she did take that seriously uh, throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the episode, and she kind of took that in and, and used that to want to find the truth and, and get justice for those people who um, kept dying on her um, because they mm-hmm. knew the truth, and she was trying to find that out. For sure, definitely. Uh, so our next tweet comes from... Um, at seal Stan, uh, seal stand, I guess that's how that's also how we pronounce it. You're, you're two for two. You're doing well. All right. Uh, Supergirl can stop a spaceship, but not a nano storm. Hashtag foolish consist- consistency. Yeah. I think that hits back to what we were just talking about. Uh, yeah. And sometimes we always don't have the budget for a, su- a spaceship. So <laughs> the conflict still got to be there. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I suspend my disbelief when I watch superhero shows from time to time and even when i watch superhero movies because you know if if the avengers of the justice league could stop one person but they have trouble stopping the next it's, it's enjoy it enjoy it <laughs> um that's that's how i see it anyway uh yeah. but uh, uh so then our next tweet comes from at jordan kwkw reporter Kara makes me very happy and this episode is how monel is most effective as a, c- a character comic relief side character slash support for Kara. Um, so that speaks to what you were saying, uh, Rebecca, for sure, about how Manel was used. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I I think 
I think when he's been given more this season, it can work. It's just we can't have a whole Monel dominated episode, which we've definitely run into issues this season. Uh, I think it can't the balance. He, I think he can be in it a little more, but the, it should never be the case where I forget the episode this season, but there was one particular episode where literally it felt like the Monel show instead mm. of the car, car Danver show. So I do never want it to get that way, but personally I could, I could use a little more Monel, but I think for what this episode was about, he was used the right way. Agreed. Uh, uh, then we have at uh, TGFE6279. Uh, uh, they say, felt like the trailer misled me. Was hoping for evil Rahul Kohli and drama about Supergirl's secret identity. Rahul and Katie killed it. Could not agree more about them killing it. That was, we, as we said before, that they were awesome together. Well, we saw oh, the- we saw a little bit of him being evil, but the, there was that nice plot twist. So I can see how it could seem misleading. Definitely, and I was curious too if we were going to get the villain version of, uh, or get get to see Rahul play a villain. But um, overall, I, I I really like Jack, and I was happy with what he did with the character. So I can't I can't be too disappointed. Um, and then Mark H B P W M says, so Catco Magazine is a glossy news magazine, roughly the size of Vogue, published daily. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to go back to suspension of disbelief. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've been trying to uh, scratch our heads and think about that all this, all season. But at some point, it's just it, – for me, it's just acceptance. I just accept it now. They do, dif- they do things differently on Earth 38. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's a good excuse. There you go. Um, at uh, Zan Danny uh, says, learning more about the background of Lena was – also a lot of fun apparently the luthers have fr- uh, have fight night at their house who knew it yeah. is the luthers nothing surprises me <laughs> yeah lena was throwing some punches yeah she she, she was she's she can take care of herself <laughs> <laughs> um at chris fundalinski says i completely and totally adored that last scene between Kara and snapper so many feels when Kara got her job back uh Right there with you, Chris. Um, then at Madtown, or at, hold on here, yeah, at Madtown, Davidson says, "I really like the A storyline with Kara and Lena. I was very confused by the Guardian storyline. Uh, Lyra seems unbalanced and bad for Win." Yeah, she did have a couple of moments where she lost it. I guess is fair to say. That that scream to me is bad writing, though, and I am not trying to by any means. I love this show, and I love the writers, and I'm not trying to by any means take shots at the at the writers or anything. But that was my one issue when I was taking like notes and watching this episode. Was it seemed like okay, we're gonna have her be the hysterical, over the top, cliche girlfriend now, like the crazy girlfriend type character. Um, and I don't know. We've never really seen that from Lyra before. It kind of seemed out of nowhere. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they've been, you know, Lyra and Wynn have been together for a while and they haven't had their first fight. So maybe this was, <laughs> you know, a, a testing of their relationship a little bit. And I, I guess all relationships kind of have that, that first fight. So I, that, that must have been it for Wynn and Lyra. True. They, she might have had some pent up frustration. Possibly. Maybe she's been she's been frustrated with Wynn for a little while, and then this just 
this this one thing with James, it just everything came to the surface. That's that's a very good point. That definitely could have been the case. Um, <laughs> that's, that's that's what I'll go with. Yeah, again, it's Air Thirty Eight, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, at uh, Pat uh, Patsimlo, I think I think we say uh, Patty Mello, but um, uh, Patty but... Doy, Patty with an I. I apologize, Patty. Um, <laughs> at Patty Mello Twenty says, uh, "My baby Kara is back. Love her scenes with Lena. They make a good team." Rhea looked uh, looked amazing. How did she get those clothes, though? <laughs> That's true. She had a she had a, she must have gone shopping. I mean, how, how does anyone get clothes? <laughs> I think I think as the queen of Daxum, she could figure it out. Yeah, uh, she's probably got some money. I mean, maybe she. Uh, I don't know if Daxumites have their own currency. I guess she had to exchange it for like American currency somehow. We also know she's pretty evil. She could have just stolen them. She um. could have just <laughs> killed someone and took their clothes. That's very possible, too. <laughs> I would like to think that maybe she did the honorable thing and went to the mall, but maybe she didn't. <laughs> maybe she didn't go to Amazon.com and order something. Maybe she just uh, did something nefarious, which is probably what happened. That's that's the more likely scenario. <laughs> uh, um. Then we have from at the flyby, uh, they say Supergirl said there is literally nothing, uh, nothing for her to do yet. The B story is all guardian and we do not need another hero in training storyline. Um, so is it the hero in training storyline? I'm assuming they're referring to maybe Lyra. I think so. I think so. And that's a, that's a fairly good point because definitely we, we've gotten that from several characters. We've gotten that from Monel. We've gotten that from James. So we have, we have seen a little bit of that. So it, it does seem a little bit much. I think so. I think it's hopefully probably going to be self-contained to this episode, but I agree. It's, it's a little repetitive. Yeah. Um, so I can understand that complaint. And then finally from at, uh, shop or shoop uh, twenty three, uh, love reporter Kara and her uh, and her give and take with Snapper. Lena and Kara's chemistry was amazing. L- Lena's assistant sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's never stopping these people from just showing up. <laughs> what is she paying her for? Yeah, right. She's a uh, man. She's she's not a uh, she's not earning her salary. That is that is for sure. She's not the employee of the month. Yeah, um, <laughs> Lena needs some tighter security. Maybe some bodyguards or something. Stand outside I think the, the door. I think this assistant also does. Uh, I think Lena's assistant also does security at Star Labs. Uh, oh, that and, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Well, thank you guys for those tweets. Yeah, and uh, so we have an email from a listener named Alex who writes, quote, I really enjoyed the podcast segment that dealt with the Monel character, uh, talking about our Monel uh, spot character spotlight, uh, particular, particularly the character's background in comics. I think one way to make Monel look better would be to show him actually doing something heroic. We keep hearing that Monel is now a hero, or at least a hero in training which is something we just talked about. Um, and, uh, Alex goes on to say, however, over the last several episodes, Monel seems to have spent more time on Kara's couch than at the DEO, let alone going out on missions or training. When he does want to do something good, it's usually to try and impress Kara, not because he wants to help people. I think it would be a good idea to show Monel going out into the world and saving people from getting hurt, catching criminals, or anything that Supergirl does on a daily basis. And it will be important to show him doing it alone without Supergirl. 
In my opinion, the writers need to show Monel doing heroic deeds, not to impress Kara, but simply because it is the right thing to do, unquote. So I think, Alex, I think you make a good case for, um, you know, wanting to see that side of Monel, and hopefully we'll get to see more of him doing that. I think he did a little bit in this uh, week's episode in Ace Reporter. We got to see him kind of doing something, uh, maybe not, you know, with his superpowers, but he did do something, uh, you know, to try to help get the truth out. And so uh, sometimes it's kind of nice to see him doing some some regular, like James, like it's nice to see him doing something that doesn't require his superpowers. But it it is, I think, in, in some ways heroic, even if it was stealing. I will give him that <laughs> he did steal something. But it was to further the goal of getting to the truth. So I don't know. I don't know if you can let it slide. Uh, but but I, I agree. I think it would be nice to see Monel doing things because it's the right thing to do. Uh, definitely, and I, I, the only thing I would I would say is I, I do think we've seen him this season uh, do things because it it has been tied into Kara, but that Kara is inspiring him to do so. Totally. Um, I I I think that is just kind of the important point to uh, to note there. I think that the the writers, I agree, would it would be nice to see him kind of being a hero on his own and doing um, these heroic acts. And I, it's always better to show instead of tell. 100% agree there. Um, but I think it's so t- uh, closely, everything he does is so closely tied with Kara because of, she makes him want to be a better person. She's the one who makes, makes him want to be a hero. Um, and sometimes that's because when you're in love, that's that's what people that's what people do. They make each other better. That's what real true love is. I think the real true great you know relationship. And um, she certainly seems to be a, be a good influence on him. And uh, and I hopefully he can be as supportive and um, as encouraging for her as she's been for him this season. And hopefully we'll get to see him uh, be doing you know doing those heroic things without uh, without necessarily Kara looking over his shoulder while he does it. That's a great point. Uh, And so now we have another email, and this one comes from Susan. And Susan writes, "Um, I don't know comics, but I do know TV. And assuming you are correct that Monel is a one-season character, seems to me that uh, his story plays out only one way. Rhea has to die. Monel, having been fully transformed into a good guy by Kara, decides he has to do the right thing and go home to bring his people back together and lead the rebuilding of the planet Daxum and turn it into a democracy. Kara continues to be the hero who has to put the world ahead of herself and and always eventually ends up alone. The interesting question is whether or not Kara kills uh, kills Rhea with all the drama that goes along with uh, with her killing Monel's mother and being responsible for the event that makes him leave. Or if Alex does it, setting up a conflict between her and Kara, which brings up the whole Astra thing. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't know if Monel is just going to be a season one character or not. He could stick around for season two, but either way, I agree that I think Rhea is going to die. I, do, I don't think we're going to end the season with her surviving. Although I would love to see Terry Hatcher be on the show forever. <laughs> Same. <laughs> that, that, that would be my, my optimal situation, but it, it does seem like Rhea has been foreshadowed to die, and I think there is going to be some sort of conflict that's probably going to have to happen between Rhea and Supergirl or Rhea and Monel. Um, but yeah, that I think there will be some probably tough choices that will be happening uh, for our characters at the end of the season. Uh, for sure, and I, 
if if Monel is only here for this season, I could see him sacrificing himself in order to potentially take down his mother. Um, and that kind of ties into the previous email from Alex about you know these selfless heroic deeds. Um, I think that we definitely are going to see him have to fight against his mother in these final episodes. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he's the one who potentially kills her or stops her. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll have to see the, the idea of Alex killing her is a very interesting idea and definitely not one I ever thought of. So that's definitely something I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of the season. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's something on the show about how these, uh, characters have to kind of deal with their parents. You know, we have Lena having to deal with Lillian and how to, how to approach stopping her. And then we have uh, Supergirl Kara have to deal with her Aunt Astra, even though that's not her mother necessarily. It was kind of another maternal figure for her. So these characters seem to have to kind of... um, Sometimes they don't have great parents, unfortunately, <laughs> and they have to, they have to kind of face them. So I, I do think that we'll see something towards the end of the season that will bring some drama, which is always good. <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, we have a final email from Alejandra, I believe is how it's pronounced, but let me know if that's different uh, or incorrect, um, who writes, quote, any episode with Lena Luther is a good one for me. I agree. I love her so much and her friendship with Kara, but poor girl, she just can't catch a break. Uh, She chose to save Supergirl over the love of her life, and clearly her decision is tormenting her. But I hope this is not the beginning of Evil Lena. Apart that it is too soon, I just don't want to see Evil Lana. uh, Evil, not Lana, Evil Lena. (laughs) I've been reading too much uh, Superwoman comics. Uh, Lana keeps sticking out at me. I make that mistake too, so don't. I'm surprised I haven't said Lana yet on this podcast. <laughs> so, so Alejandro goes on to say, uh, this episode made an excellent use of Monel as a lovable, funny supporting character, as opposed to being the center of the drama. And I really like Monel and his relationship with Kara, but I think we can all agree that at times they do overuse him. And also goes on to say, the James Wynn Lyra subplot was way too boring, and I can't believe they just added a sidekick to Guardian. This whole Guardian storyline needs to die soon, unquote. Yeah, I know, it's it's a little frustrating, um, but I, I do think that they, they pulled it off uh, fairly well in this episode. Um, but yeah, so so all good points uh, from Alejandra. And I... I, I know there are a lot of uh, listeners we've had uh, this season who who are kind of mixed on the whether or not they want Lena to be evil or not. Uh, I, I know that's kind of a uh, I don't know. What do you do? You have a do you have a side you fall on, Chris? Uh, um, I think eventually she has to turn. Um, I don't know she necessarily uh, what I could see is I, I don't see it happening this season kind of as I as I alluded to earlier um, when we were talking about what's going to happen now that uh, Rhea, sh- Rhea showed up at her office. Uh, I don't think she's going to make the full turn at the end of the season. However, I definitely see it happening sometime in season three. Although what I would say about uh, Lena is that I think there's a chance that even if she does kind of become a villain, that there still is some hope for redemption for her. I could see her somewhere along the line in Supergirl's run, you know, making a sacrifice, uh, you know, sacrificing herself in some way to help Kara. I, 
I don't necessarily think that she just because she turns evil, she has to stay evil. But her name—I hate to say—her name is Luther. And you don't—you <laughs> you, don't—you don't bring a Luther into a show to keep them good the whole time. That's—that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, I, I think I'm firmly in the I want to see evil Lena camp uh, because I—I've I, said many times that I've seen Katie McGrath play or Katie McGraw, uh, I think is how she pronounces it uh, with her accent. Oh. Um, but she, uh, she's so good on Merlin playing, uh, the evil Morgana. And so I, I would love to see her be able to really channel some of that stuff on this show. But I, I do agree that the, the, the fact that they have now really, um, delved into the Kara Lena friendship, I think that there's probably always going to be something that draws her to Kara, even if she does some bad things that there will be always something, you know, Kara will, will have like a special place in her heart that it still kind of makes her good. So uh, she could teeter on that line, I think. Definitely. And you talking about her playing a villain on Merlin that I'm, I was already on team want to see her evil. And now I'm fully, oh. fully established on it. You've, you've turned me completely oh my to gosh. the dark side. If you want to see <laughs> Katie be evil, watch Merlin at the, at the, I, this is not really a spoiler, but she like, she goes a little crazy and she adopts a baby dragon and it's my favorite thing in the whole world. It's so great. Because <laughs> uh, I also, not only do I love uh, villains, I also have a thing for dragons, which is weird. Um, uh, but... <laughs> I, they're, they're in now. They're the, in. <laughs> that's probably true. Maybe maybe I'm hip now that I, I, I've added myself as a, a, a dragon fan. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for our... our emails uh, but we have a, a fun section of the feedback that we like to do uh, that we used to call lightning round questions but when someone suggested the name snap judgments i was like that's it that's what we're calling them <laughs> from now on uh, because we do love snapper car on supergirl radio so we are now officially uh calling this the snap judgment section of the podcast and so chris i don't know if you are familiar with how this process works but uh, and, and in case anybody is listening to this for the first time so snap judgments are questions uh that we will ask you will need to give an answer but it's usually a uh, you know a first instinct don't explain it kind of answer you just uh, say what you feel and move on to the next one. So this is a very easy game that we play. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. So I'm excited. Uh, so we've got four of these snap judgments that were sent in to us by a listener named Brandy. So uh, let's get to it. So, okay, first one. Favorite multiverse friendship, Barry and Kara or Barry and Wynn? Uh, Barry and Kara. I would go Barry and Kara as well. Uh, number two, which supervillain team-up would you prefer? Non and Reverse Flash or Lillian Luther and Captain Cold? Lillian Luther and Captain Cold. Ah, two for two. I would say Lillian <laughs> Luther and Captain Cold, too. Uh, number three, which superpower combination would you rather have? Throwing lightning and ice breath or flying and super speed? Definitely flying and super speed. I'm going to go throwing lightning and ice breath. Nice. Uh, number four, uh, which Earth would you rather live on, Earth 1 or Earth 38? Earth 38 just because it's different. <laughs> I, I would go Earth 38 as well. So those are all of our snap judgments. We've made our snap judgments uh, for this week of Supergirl Radio. So thanks for playing, Chris. Thank um, you. 
And so uh, I think that's going to uh, kind of wrap us up here. Um, so, uh, Chris, once again, thank you for coming on Super Supergirl Radio and being my co-host for this week. It was nice to have a, an iZombie connection to the iZombie connection on the show. Of uh, course. So how can our listeners uh, find you on the interwebs? Well, first, I just want to say to you, Rebecca, and you know, to Carly and Morgan, who I know aren't here, but just thank you to the uh, to all three of you for for having me on, for giving me the opportunity to talk a little Supergirl, and uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I, I've had a blast. So, well, good, uh, good. Thank you, guys. Uh, and uh, if you guys uh, decided to, that you like listening to me, you could listen <laughs> to me more on uh, iZombie Radio, uh, which is a weekly podcast I uh, I do with. Um, Blaze Hopkins and uh, Sean Carpenter, they're my two co-hosts on that. It's also part of the DC TV Podcast Network. Um, and so we put out episodes. It's been every Wednesday, but we're going to be switching it to every Thursday, I believe, starting next week. So just keep a lookout on that. And if you're subscribed to the, the big DC TV Podcast iTunes feed, you should get them through there as well. Um, in addition to that, I also write for uh, tvovermind.com. Um, I do weekly reviews over there. Uh, I mentioned earlier I review Supergirl sometimes. I also am the main reviewer for uh, iZombie and for uh, Arrow. And then um, in addition to those shows, if you want to look into kind of my backlog of things, I've reviewed New Girl for the past, geez, five years, five seasons, uh, Homeland, and a couple other shows as well. And you guys can find me all this stuff and, and more on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at ckinger 13 that's C King E R one three uh, on Twitter, and uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, I, I hope you enjoyed my thoughts. I really loved being here. Oh, I, I know. I I can only speak for myself, but I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you and getting to hear your perspective. It's it's kind of nice to get to to hear from another Supergirl fan who uh, I haven't heard from before. So it was great, and it's nice to know about all of your reviews. You have a little nice collection of uh, different shows, so that that's great. Thanks. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are also on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so you can check out our playlist there. Um, they, they played uh, How You Like Me Now on this week's episode and that's one of my favorite uh jams i enjoy that song <laughs> so we'll have to add that to the spotify playlist and uh we are also listed on dc's fan page which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc dash fans and we are also available on itunes and stitcher stitcher so if you have some time we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review and like chris mentioned we are part of the dc tv podcast network so you can follow at dc tv podcast on twitter and like dc tv podcast on facebook and for me personally if you want to uh keep up with uh my tweets and all the the crazy things that are going on my twitter uh, you can follow me at derby kid that's d-e-r-b-y-k-i-d i'm also on instagram where i post the occasional uh, picture that uh, I, I take, uh, you can follow me at the Derby Kid. That's T H E D E R B Y K I D, and you can find videos of mine over at YouTube.com forward slash DuckMilkProd. That's D U C K M I L K P R P R O D, and I've been posting some uh, Batman v Superman videos. If you are interested in that, I have some cinematography stuff. I have some character analysis over there. I've got so I talk about um, uh, the Christian imagery in the movie, which 
involves horses, if you can believe that. Um, so it's wow. it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's interesting. But uh, uh, if, if you if you think that's interesting as well, you should go to uh, youtube.com forward slash Doug Milk Prod and uh, check out those videos. Awesome. I definitely will be. <laughs> no, seriously, it's going to make me look at the movie in a whole new way. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, made, it definitely made me look at the movie in a whole new way. So it was, it was pretty fun. Uh, well, if you would like to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And remember that it's not the reporter that matters. It's the truth that matters. What you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Alex. The official description reads, quote, Alex is kidnapped and the kidnapper threatens to kill her unless Supergirl releases a notorious criminal from prison. Supergirl and Maggie have different approaches to apprehending criminals, but this time they must work together to save Alex. Meanwhile... I should say it in the meanwhile, uh, <laughs> Rhea has an interesting proposal for Lena. So I guess we have the follow-up to what uh, Rhea came to the office with in Ace Reporter. So what about this description uh, seems exciting to you? Uh, what doesn't? Um, <laughs> all of it's good. Uh, personally, I'm really excited to see Kara and Maggie work together because – I feel like they haven't had too much interaction throughout the season. To so to see them on screen together working through this problem, where the most important por- most important person in probably both of their lives um, is is, in, is at risk, and kind of seeing their different um, ways of, of going at it is gonna it's gonna have a lot of conflict, a lot of drama, but it's gonna be very very interesting to watch. And then going off of what we talked about earlier, I mean, how could I not be interested in seeing? what exactly this proposal is from, from <laughs> Raya. I mean, I'm just, I'm just dying to see, uh, what she, what she has to say and how Elena's going to respond to it. I think that's the most important part to me is, you know, as I'm sure the proposal is something, uh, something nefarious. And so, <laughs> but to see how, what Lena has to say, uh, to it is what's going to be really, uh, exciting for me to see. So I, I can't wait. Oh yeah, for sure. What what does their interaction look like? I'm I'm very excited about that. But yeah, I would agree that the uh, Maggie Supergirl thing is going to be uh, for me. I think that is a dynamic that I was hoping. I actually uh, a couple episodes on Supergirl Radio. I actually pitched that, and it all of a sudden, like I had no idea that that was a spoiler that was out there. <laughs> and I just said, you know, I thought that would be cool. And um, so Carly and you Morgan. 
I spoke, spoke it into it an existence. It. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, Carly and Morgan aren't the only people who can predict things on this show. I, I can do it sometimes. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing their dynamic because they, like, like you said, they have not really spent a lot of time, just the two of them together. So mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping that this also gives Maggie some good stuff, um, just because I think they could build her up as a character. Not just, you know, they, we've seen a lot of Maggie and Alex together, but uh, I would like to see more of just Maggie as a character. So hopefully this will give us an opportunity to see that. So yeah, it sounds like a very exciting episode. Definitely. I, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm reviewing this one for, uh, for TV over mine. So I can't wait to dig like into everything and, and come up with a thousand or so words on what to say about it. I'm, I'm hoping it's a good one. Well, all our listeners should go and, uh, check out that review when you have it, when you, when you, when you've blobbed it and you have it posted, everyone should go check it out. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for our quick spoiler section. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode uh, discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.